The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. All right, there we go. We had a little bit of a technical issue. Good Friday afternoon. This is the Afternoon News Show producer, Brad Whisker, filling in for both Andrew Gross and Jaylen Nye, who are both taking a much-deserved break, though it's more of a break for Andrew than Jaylen. Jaylen, well, she's pulling 16-hour days right now in Halifax at a military conference. Andrew Gross is down enjoying the sights and sounds of Las Vegas. Both of them will be back in on Monday. That said, we do have a great show lined up for you this afternoon. At 2.30, we'll talk to David Phillips with Environment Canada at Three, we're going to bring in 6.30 Ched News anchor Morgan Black into the studio and have a little bit of fun with her. And at 3.30, we're going to chat with AMA Chief Driving Instructor Flavio Ilavan. Kicking things off this half hour is Edmonton Eskimos play-by-play man Morley Scott, who's been gracious enough to pull double duty today after filling in for Bruce Bowie on the morning news. Morley, what are the odds you can stay awake this full half hour, or did you manage to squeeze in a nap before you joined the show? Uh, I I got the nap in. I'm okay. I think I can I think I can stay up for another fifteen or twenty minutes, Brad. All right. Well, I'm going to take all of that time with you, uh, Morley. The Eskimos are just getting out of training camp. What kind of vibe are you getting from the team? Uh, a real good one. I think they're pretty excited about uh, about what lies ahead for the season. They're uh, they had a, a real competitive camp, and I think part of that competitiveness came out competitiveness came out in a few scraps on a few days of camp, including the last day of camp yesterday where there was uh, it kind of ended early because it was getting real physical and Jason Moss just said that's it, let's just call it a day here and go on with things. So they were literally fighting for their jobs. Uh, they're going to have some changes on the team, but I think a lot of the changes are going to be positive ones and everybody's pretty positive, I think, going forward, looking ahead to uh, the start of a new season, which will be Thursday night for the Eskimos when they play in Winnipeg. Yeah, and obviously there's some big decisions to make here ahead of Sunday. What positions are showing a lot of competition ahead of those final roster cuts? Uh, biggest positions where they have to make a choice is going to be uh, uh, the the two tackle spots, both offensive and defensive line. Offensive tackle, they've, they've got to make a decision on who's going to uh, work there. And uh, at the defensive tackle position on the defensive line, Armando Sewell, of course, has uh, got the one job, and the other job uh, is uh, still up for grabs as far as who starts and plays the majority of time beside Sewell. So they have some decisions to make on, on the two lines. I think uh, for the most part, they're in pretty good shape everywhere else uh, they they've made some changes but I think we know who those changes are going to be. Chris Edwards looks like he's going to be the guy who's going to take over for uh, Kenny Ladler at uh, the nickelback position. And uh, it looks like the receivers that, they're, that they've added to replace Brandon Zylstra and Darius Bowman are, are guys that are in-house already, in, in Kenny Stafford taking on more of a role, and uh, Brian Mitchell as well becoming more of a full-time player. Yeah, talk about some of the other uh, new faces that fans are going to want to watch this upcoming season, Morley. Uh, you know what? I, I think the the guy who might have the most impact as far as a new face goes is going to be Bryant Mitchell. Although we haven't seen him for the last week or so of training camp, as he's been uh, hasn't been taking part in the scrimmages. He's been working out at times on the sidelines, so I don't think it's a serious injury. But I really got have got a, a good feeling about Bryant Mitchell. He uh, made a pretty good impact in the few games that he played last year when he came in when guys were injured. 
uh, put up real impressive numbers. I think he scored three touchdowns in the games he played. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing him on a full-time basis. He's He's got great hands. He's a good physical receiver. Uh, so I think that uh, in his first opportunity to play on a full-time basis, I think Bryant Mitchell's going to put up some big numbers this year. And obviously everybody's going to be watching Mike Riley, of course, the reigning MOP. He was in here a few weeks ago chatting with Bruce Bowie, and I was able to spend a couple of minutes with him in our lunchroom before he jumped on the air. That guy just loves football. He is so pumped for this coming season, is he not? He is like that all the time. He's always excited this time of the year, and I think he's – training camps are tough for Mike Riley because, you know, he's the MOP. He's the best player in the Canadian Football League. When TSN does their uh, top 50 players later this week or ne- early next week, he's going to be at the number one spot, I would assume. And I, I, I just think that it's, it's tough for him because – He's the best. He's he's uh, been the Eskimos' best player for the last couple of years. He knows he's got the job, and I think going through training camp is tough for him because he wants to get into the games that matter. He wants to get into that position where he's playing football again for real, not worrying about uh, you know who makes the team and, and all those decisions. He knows he has to go through this, but uh, yeah, he's he's always like that. He loves football, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him play this year. One of the big things I'm going to be looking for in week one and throughout the season is the fact that he loses a Darius Bowman. He heads to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Brandon Zilstra makes the jump south of the border to the NFL. It's easy to assume that Darrell Walker is going to assume that number one spot. Who do you see taking over that number two spot behind Darrell? Uh, there's, I, I don't know if they're going to have a true number two or not. Bryant Mitchell will be right up there. But I think, and, and Mike Riley's talked about this a lot, Brad, the fact that if you go back over the last two years, a high percentage of Eskimo receptions were by either uh, Darrell Walker or Darius Bowman when they were playing together, or uh, last year when Bowman was injured and then and then uh, Walker came back, Brandon Zilstra and one of those two guys. So uh, he's been feeding the ball to the same three guys for uh, the last three years or so, and I think that's going to change this year. I think you're going to see the ball spread out a lot more. Uh, you know, Vidal Hazelton and Duke Williams, uh, uh Bryant Mitchell, Kenny Stafford, Darrell Walker, all those guys I believe are going to get uh, involved in the offense this year. And I think it's going to be very difficult for teams in the CFL to double-team one of the Eskimos receivers. And when they do, Mike Riley and, and the other receivers will probably start to hook up at that point. I look for a very diversified offense from the Eskimos receivers this year. And another thing I'm looking forward to, Morley, is the fact that it looks like they're finally going to have a return game. It's something that has lacked the last few seasons. Who are you looking at to see emerge in that position? Uh, you know, that's been a good battle at camp, and we've had some guys have, have really good games and, and really good productive practices as well. Uh, Jamel Smith is the guy who's been very good on kickoff returns and in that first game against Saskatchewan. He had over 100 yards uh, in, uh, in returns. And then, of course, it was Robinson in the game in Winnipeg with the 98-yard uh, touchdown return on a punt return. So uh, they've got options there for the first time in a while. And you're right, it's been a position that's been lacking with the team for the last few years. They really have to find a consistent guy who can be that threat when the ball's in the air, that, that guy that other teams are real fearful of, and, and, a, and a guy who, when he touches the ball, has an opportunity to not only score, but at the very least flip the field a little bit and give them a good return. They've been pretty much average the last few years on kick returns, and they need to have that, uh, that position play better. Chatting with uh, the voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, Morley Scott. Morley, moving to running back. Last year, they made the acquisition of C.J. Gable. I know there's been some competition in camp uh, as far as the backup role. Do you see a bit of a two-headed monster emerging, or is C.J. Gable going to get a bulk of those carries? I think it's going to be C.J. Gable as long as he's healthy. I think that's the way they want to go. That's the way they should go. He is... uh 
He is good at what he does. When he gets the ball, he produces yards uh, with yards on the ground. And the other thing that people really found out about uh, C.J. Gable is that he's such a good blocker and such and so good in pass protection. And I think that will help the Eskimos pass game as well. C.J. Gable's the guy, he's going to get an awful lot of playing time, and he'll. I, I don't think anyone else will get much of an opportunity at that position other than to spell him off at times, maybe give defenses a, a different look at times. But for the most part, that job's going to go to C.J. Gable. That sounds good to me. I mean, he looked really, really good last year. So I'm hoping to see a lot of him on the field this year. Morley, when it comes to game one of the regular season, it's Thursday in Winnipeg. Matt Nichols is not playing for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's out four to six weeks. Coach Mike O'Shea said that per team policy, he's going to be sitting out six weeks. What kind of impact does that have on the game ahead on Thursday for the Edmonton Eskimos? Well, it has a huge impact. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers really have some tough decisions to make now. What are they going to do at the quarterback position? They have a couple of guys still in camp uh, who played well. Uh, Strepler was really good for the for the Bombers in the game where the Eskimos were there uh, last week. He went 10 for 10 in his passing. They have Alex Ross, who is uh, the more experienced of the two, spending some time with the BC Lions last week. I think tonight's game that the Bombers play in BC is very important to them going forward. Maybe if they don't like what they see coming out of that game tonight, they go out and they start to look for someone else with more experience to come in and try and create a trade of some sort. But, yeah, the Bombers bombers definitely have an issue because uh, they've said all along, especially after Gary and Durant uh, surprised everyone with their retirement, they said all along that if Matt Nichols gets hurt, they're going to have some issues. Well, Matt Nichols is hurt, so they got to figure out what to do with the quarterback position, and they don't have much time to do it either. Uh, they've got their game tonight, their final preseason game, and if they want to make a move, they don't have much time to bring a guy in get him uh, to get acclimated uh, to the offense and learn the playbook and everything. So it's it's going to be tough for the Bombers moving forward. You mentioned that it's going to be tough moving forward, and they're going to have to make that quick decision if they do want to bring in a new guy at QB. Are there any names out there that you're hearing or that you know of that may be able to fill that void? Well, there's talk in Hamilton that Vernon Adams is about to get traded. He, of course, has been slipped down the depth chart. Uh, by the Ticats with the arrival of uh, Johnny Manziel. They have uh, Jeremiah Masoli and, and Johnny Manziel and Vernon Adams, who has played some games in this league with uh, the Montreal Alouettes and with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. There's a guy, he doesn't have a whole ton of experience, but he's been around for a couple of years and, and he knows defenses in the CFL. So he might be the obvious guy to go and get. And he's also a guy who, when Nichols returns, is not in a, a tough position to take a step back and then become the backup and learn from Matt Nichols. So that that's probably the first thing that comes to my mind. But there's there's got to be some other choices out there too. Some people have uh, thrown out uh, Drew Tate as a possible guy that might come in. He of course is long time with the Calgary Stampeders and with the Ottawa Red Blacks. But word is he's got a coaching job that he's going to go to in the fall in uh, in the U.S. college ranks. So he might not be interested in that. And then of course Brad, there's always the thought of can we go mend the bridges with Darian Durant? I don't know if they can. Those bridges were blown up pretty bad, I thought. Uh, so I don't know if, uh, if they want to make that move or not going to Darian Durant. So we'll see. But I think it all depends. Uh, the, their first thing for the Bombers is to see what happens tonight and how their two guys play tonight, and then they'll go forward after that. We're chatting with 630 Ched sports anchor Morley Scott, also the voice of the Edmonton Eskimos. Morley, I do have a few more questions for you. Obviously, I want to chat about the home opener at the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, and maybe we can uh, tease the Grey Cup a little bit as well. Do you mind hanging on? No, no problem. All right, we'll be back in a minute here on the 630 Ched Afternoon News. 
2.22 here on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. This is producer Brad Whisker filling in for both Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross, who will be back on Monday. We're chatting with the voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, Morley Scott. Morley, we are talking about the season opener in Winnipeg next week, but more importantly, and what fans are waiting for, is the week following, the 22nd against Hamilton. What kind of team can we expect from Hamilton and all the chaos and all the excitement around Johnny Manziel? Yeah, there's been so much excitement around the guy who's probably going to start the season as the second-string quarterback. But, uh, yeah, the Hamilton Tiger and Cats, uh, you know what? They're going to be an interesting team to watch this year, first and foremost, because of Johnny Manziel and see what his development is. And, and sooner or later, he's going to get a start, and he's going to probably take over the, the reins of the number one quarterbacking job. That's what everyone seems to believe. They were a bad team to start last year. Uh, they started 0-8, made some changes, uh, you know, managerial-wise and coaching-wise, and brought in June Jones first as an advisor and then made him the head coach. And at that point, they started to get better. So we'll see if he can carry that momentum that he got going last year with the Ticats into the start of a new season. Although Hamilton's got a tough start to the year. They they play all the Western clubs on the road to start the year. They open up in Calgary uh, this coming weekend and then will be in Edmonton the weekend after that for uh, their second game of the season. So it's a tough start for the Ticats, but uh, we'll see. But they're going to be an interesting team to watch, absolutely. And I think the biggest reason, obviously, is Johnny Manziel, who has uh, been front and center throughout most of this training camp. You mentioned Johnny Manziel, and you think that he may eventually get the starting role, or at least a lot of the pundits are saying he will get that starting job. Do you see that happening? Do you feel like he can adapt to this game? I think so. I mean, he's he's such a good athlete, uh, and he does, has that. Uh, you know, they always talk about the skills you need to be a quarterback in the Canadian Football League, and and it's a it's a sweeping generalization because there is a lot of great quarterbacks in this league who don't play that style, like Ricky Ray, like Anthony Calvillo did. But uh, he, for the most part, if you can run a little bit, if you can move the pocket. And, and get yourself open, you're going to create chances. And that's what Johnny Manziel can do. He can move the pocket. He can run with the football. He can throw the football deep. He can do all the things that make uh, you a good CFL quarterback. So well, I think we're just going to have to see what his dedication is and, and, and how quickly he can pick up the game and how he can learn the game. It's not an easy game to play, especially at quarterback. And there's been a lot of talk about, well, when's the last time a guy came in and in his first training camp in the CFL became a CFL starter. It hasn't happened in a long, long time in the Canadian Football League. The closest thing is almost Ricky Ray, who uh, back in his first year didn't start the season, but because of injuries, he became the starter and, of course, went on to lead the Eskimos to some great cups and, and, and became one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the league. But there hasn't been a lot of guys. You know, even, even now you take, for example, uh, Mike Riley. He's the best quarterback in the league right now, the reigning MLP in the Canadian Football League. He started in 2010 with the BC Lions and didn't become a starter for three years and got traded to the Eskimos. So uh, very rarely do quarterbacks step in and become factors in their first year, although Johnny Manziel seems to be on the road to do that at some point this year. 225 here on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. Brad Whisker filling in for both Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross, chatting with the voice of the Eskimos, Morley Scott. Now, whether it's week one or week two, everyone in this city has their sights set on late November. Big game, the Grey Cup being played here, the 106th edition. The Eskimos have to be at the top of the list for a contender for the Cup this year. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the West is so tough. I mean, you could really uh, say that 
now, uh, you know, the BC Lions are trying to get back on track a little bit. They've made an, an awful lot of changes this year. I think they'll be better, but I don't know how much they can contend. Uh, the injury to Matt Nicholas put things in, in a little bit of a question mark era, area for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, but you look at the, the Stampeders, the Eskimos, and the Riders, uh, you, couldn't, you wouldn't really be surprised if any of them finished in first in the West and went on to represent the West in the Grey Cup. It's that close. It's that tight. It's that good. But the Eskimos have to be, just as much as anyone else, be considered the favorite in, uh, in the West. And even a little bit, maybe more so, because they have a lot of returning players coming back they have mike riley they have a stable coaching staff they have a lot of the things you need to be a good football club so yeah they got a chance to play play the great cup in their own backyard which has been done before and in recent history has been done very successfully by the lions by the argos and by the saskatchewan Roughriders in that stretch of games three years in a row so uh, it hasn't happened very often it, we went on a tear there uh, a few years ago with those three games. We'll see if the Eskimos can do it again this year. But, uh, yeah, th- there's no doubt they have to be considered one of the favorites to come out of the West. Well, we know one guy who has no interest in anyone sitting in their locker room in his stall, and that's Mike Riley. He made that quite clear to you recently, did he not? He did, uh, and that's kind of the mantra that a lot of Eskimo players are are taking as they go into this. Uh, the Western team, of course, will get the Eskimos dressing room at the Great Cup game this year, and uh, they want themselves to be that team so that they don't have to give up their great dressing room to anybody else. And Morley, I mean, we're a few months away, but tickets for the Great Cup have been in one way to say it, flying off the shelves. Yesterday we heard that there was only 4,000 left available for that big game. Have you heard anything in the last few hours or since yesterday afternoon about any more tickets being sold no, out and getting really, close? haven't really heard anything new today. I know uh, yesterday tickets, uh, they were down to about 4,000 left. Uh, it's really, I think it's a great story. I know that uh, there's a little bit of disappointment, I think, uh, with, the, with, the, with the people organizing things that they didn't get to sold out as they wanted to through the first six days of, uh, of ticket sales to break their own record set back in 2010. But, you know, if that's the bad news, the good news is that they've sold over 51,000 tickets in six days uh, now in uh, just over a week, which is uh, just tremendous. Uh, I mean, uh, the city, the country, CFL fans have embraced this great cup game. Tickets have been flying up the shelves, as you mentioned. They've slowed down a little bit now, and I think part of that is the perception that they are sold out, and that's, I think, the word that the Eskimos and the Great Cup Committee are trying to get up there. They're not sold out. There are tickets, tickets still available, and you can always get them at Ticketmaster or the Eskimo store. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great event, and it's uh, so far they've done a terrific job selling tickets, and it's going to be uh, a huge crowd, and eventually it's going to be sold out. I think we can all believe that. Morley, it sounds like it's going to be one heck of a season for the Eskimos and their fans. I know you're chomping at the bit to get in the booth and call that first regular season game. Thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon, and you stayed awake the whole time. Thank you, my friend. I did. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you, Brad. All right, that's Morley Scott, voice of the Edmonton Eskimos. 229 here on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. We're going to take a break and look at the headlines. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.